0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, February tenth, twenty twenty. Today the New Hampshire debates, Nunez wants criminal charges brought against the Inspector General. Kushner blames Palestine for escalating violence. The Secret Service pays rates as high as six fifty a night at Trump properties. Trump fires witnesses against him and Don Jr. admits it is retaliation. I am your host, A. G. and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Great. We got our new studio working in here. It looks fantastic. Yeah. You can't quite see it yet. We're just waiting for a couple of cables that I had to order to make the everything work. (laughs) So we'll be getting that this weekend. And then probably starting next week, we'll start putting video out. If you're a patron, we'll be posting it on on our Patreon page. Very exciting. We have a new table. Yep. Very cool. New shelves and got books figurines and books and <laughs> yeah. candles and all sorts of uh, all sorts of stuff so Very cool I'm, I'm excited about it um we have a lot of news um we had a lot that happened this week um now this is the bean so you've been listening to us go through everything all week so mostly what you're gonna hear uh is the stories that have come out since friday mm-hmm. um, or thursday night and and Again, there was a lot, a lot happened on Friday. Um, and you know that, too, if you watched Maddow. It was, it was insane. So we're going to go over all that. And then in our other podcast, Mueller, She Wrote, um, we're going to be talking about pretty much everything that happened over the week, uh, along with more Mueller-focused news. There's a lot of stuff coming out about Eric Prince and some other stuff. If you want to hear about all that, you'll, you'll tune in um, to the Sunday night episode of Mueller, She Wrote. And we have an interview with Renato Mariotti on that show. He's best. To talk about the legality of firing witnesses like Vinman, Vinman's brother, who wasn't a witness, just fodder, and um, Gordon Sundlin, uh, which should be interesting. But we do have a lot of news from that happened over the weekend, so let's hit the hot notes. Awesome. Hot notes. So, the first big thing, um, well, maybe not necessarily in this order, but Friday night we had the New Hampshire Democratic debates. Uh, And I have to say, I really liked this one. Mm -hmm. I really liked it better than any of the other ones. Uh, Each candidate seemed to have a lot more time than just a handful of seconds uh, to answer. And they were allowed to respond to one another. I thought they called it very fairly. It felt it didn't feel forced. It felt like it flowed really well. Mm
1: -hmm. More academic.
0: Yep. Uh, Although they did allow cheering in the audience, which (laughs) may also be why I really liked this one, because it, it felt more energetic Um, The first half was a big unity party, which I really liked. Um, Steyer came out of the gate hard. And then we got Biden asking everyone to stand up and applaud Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. So he Mm. gave himself a standing ovation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) for Vindman. Um, And it just started off really good, despite the weird technical difficulties, Uh, especially that awkward silence at the beginning. You posted
1: posted the video. Oh, my God. It was so funny. I was just (laughs) sitting there. My jaw just like dropping more and more like, what is happening right now? Go to at Jordan's confused.
0: Watch her post of the really awkward opening. They're all standing there. And they're sort of looking at each other. And then Joe Biden gives a double thumbs up. And then they go to Yang and Yang's like, thumbs up. And then they're looking around and then they go, "Uh, please take your podium.
1: It's like who somebody just fucked up a sound key like very badly. It was so funny, though, (laughs) because normally... It's, really it's just a great reminder of how all humans don't know what to do with their arms in awkward situations. <laughs> Everybody's just like <laughs> finger guns,
0: high five, <laughs> fist in the air. We can do it. You know, It's oh, just God. really, really awkward. Um, and there were a couple other technical difficulties, too. Uh, I know when they brought up Cokie Roberts, Mm -hmm. the mic went out and then it had this weird reverb on it and everyone was like, oh, Mm -hmm. the ghost of Cokie Roberts. (laughs) Um, It was just a really great, the first half was, I just thought, very friendly. But then the attacks uh, started. Um, It became clear that Buttigieg had a big target on his back, as did Bernie, um, because they both did so well in Iowa. Biden went hard after Buttigieg and Sanders. Sanders and Warren went hard after the billionaire class and wealthy donors to Biden and Buttigieg. Love to see that. Uh, Klobuchar went after Sanders for his down-ballot impact. And Buttigieg, uh, she went after him for being a cool newcomer. Uh, Cool. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And Steyer went after him for that as well, for being a newcomer. Like, Mm -hmm. you're new. uh, And um, I, I thought that was a little... I don't know. It was just, they all were going after each other.
1: Yeah. In these times, that seems like a moot point considering who the president is. I know. It's like, like, dude, if this person held a government job ever in his whole life, that is honestly 100% better than what we have now. Did you you see, I think it was Bloomberg's ad or Steyer's ad
0: where they're like, no, it's Biden's ad. Mm -hmm. Biden was like, Joe Biden helped with the Iran nuclear deal and made us safer from nuclear arms. Pete Buttigieg installed sidewalks. Joe Biden helped with the assault weapons ban and single-handedly saved the universe. Uh, Pete Buttigieg put in lights under bridges, you know, like <laughs> like just went back and forth yeah. like that for a while. It's actually a pretty funny idea. And Buttigieg was responded to it today on the Sunday shows, and he's like, "Yeah, I was a mayor. What do you expect me to get involved in the Iran nuclear deal? Right? <laughs> but you know, I mean, the point being, Is a, mayor a mayor should be right. Yeah. Um, which a lot of people are saying, but of course, again. He and Sanders have huge targets on their backs Mm -hmm. and they're going to again in the next debate because I think both of them will do well in um, New Hampshire. I think so, too. Especially
1: Bernie. Yeah, looking really good.
0: I think Bernie will win New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the New York Times says Sanders was clearly a front runner uh, as he took a lot of fire from both of the moderators because they they said he was a front runner based on how much shit he took. Mm uh during the debates uh from the moderators and the other candidates uh again the same goes for Buttigieg. judge big admission of the night for for um for bernie was that he had changed his views on gun reform
1: mm-hmm.
0: he admitted i used i used to think this now i think this
1: like he used to be way more pro mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. of you know it's vermont
0: mm-hmm. uh and so he had a he had a gun rights electorate mm-hmm. uh and you know at your job is to represent your con- uh constituents mm-hmm. Uh, But it is it is an interesting thing to see because, you know, one of the things that Bernie and Bernie supporters pride Bernie on is never changing his views in a million years. But I think what's important to recognize here is he changed his views when it mattered Mm -hmm. Um, from going from being more pro-gun or at least pro-gun rights, pro-2A. Good NRA uh, rating. Yes. Good NRA rating. Also voting that gun manufacturers can't be sued um, for gun violence etc to now having a different um different thoughts on that Mm -hmm. so and then some people picked at him for that oh i thought you didn't change your views like did you want me to not Mm -hmm. you know so it was just an interesting
1: yeah i think the point of him not changing his views is that he doesn't change his views in a way i guess to the bad side (laughs) or um you know i'll say
0: i'll say this that's uh, compared to some other politicians they change their views on how the wind blows and not what they actually think in their heart of hearts
1: flip-flopping yeah that's a better way to describe it
0: yeah because we've said before there were no democrats for gay marriage in the 90s or you know in the 80s early 90s you couldn't be no one could be yeah and so you've changed your view that doesn't make you a flip-flopper right Um, But does it make you someone who was pro-gay rights in the 80s? Because then it seems odd because there have been candidates who have been pro-gay rights since the 60s. So that's sort of the, I think, the subtle nuanced difference here.
1: Yeah, changing their views with the times in a way that is uh, obviously only advantageous to them, I guess. Right. Right. Um, Which you know, uh,
0: while Trump thinks it would be, you know, he it's in the national interest for him to cheat in elections because it's in the national interest for him to be president. Here are politicians saying it's advantageous for me to be in office because I can save Social Security and welfare, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's sort of that, it, you know, it's a completely different tack that, that than Donald Trump takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, Those are sort of the things we need to compare um, more to what's in office now and what we need to stop. Right. uh, Versus, okay, how nuanced is it that you weren't for gay marriage then and you are now? And how nuanced is it that you're for um, gun rights for Vermont? Mm-hmm. vermontians mm-hmm. vermonters 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 uh and now you've changed your views because of the you know explosion of of gun violence in this country
1: right and i think with bernie actually more so than people priding him for not changing his views it's more so just the fact that like what they're really saying is he's been progressive the whole time mm-hmm. that's pretty much what they mean by that he was championing these ideas that were once very radical and he maintained them until he got to the point in our nation's lifetime where those things aren't so radical anymore. But that gun thing was a was an albatross for him. Yes. And so this was the first time I've heard
0: him say I was wrong, no, I'm right. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Times, New York Times also said Buddha Judge stayed cool in the hot seat. Uh, but I think he had a couple issues answering some questions, particularly the ones on race, which Warren called him out for. Um, he didn't really respond to Klobuchar or Biden, but but said of Warren that the Democratic Party needs a big tent, and that includes rich people. And, and of course, Warren tried to position herself as the unity candidate and did pretty well for most of the night, though she did take, take direct swings at people who take PAC money. Uh, who quote as she says suck up to billionaires, which I think is a direct hit at Buttigieg, mm-hmm. and uh, went after Buttigieg for his answer about firing the police chief in South Bend. Right. When they asked, was that a was that a good answer? And she was like, no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I I thought it was interesting where she said, why do we only talk about race in this country when we bring up criminal justice reform? That race affects every single aspect of our you know, lives. Racism affects everything. And so I thought that that was a really good retort to what buddha judge had said mm-hmm. i yeah, would give he's
1: gonna struggle a lot on that topic
0: and it's got to be hard for him too because he knows like he's painted into a corner on it and it's got to be awkward for him to be yes. like
1: i love the black people and he you know literally like, he, he just he can't yes like without being all weird right without coming off as like tokenizing any support that he does have but he also literally looks like a porcelain doll and it's like looks matter. Honestly, he looks like the whitest boy on that stage. He's pretty adorable. He is very adorable, but I really do. I just think that his whole look and combination of who typically supports him really creates a tough wall for him to climb.
0: Well, like how does that differ from uh, like a Justin Trudeau?
1: Mm-mm, I don't know
0: because I I kind of see Trudeau in the same. Totally. I don't know. Maybe Trudeau is a little. <sighs>
1: like a pretty like smokier? a smokier i don't yes, know like a young pretty boy kind of coming yeah. in taking you know th- these are the bad talking points taking big money looking like he's just gonna keep propagating sort of what the establishment of the dnc wants wine you know? cave right yeah yeah that kind of stuff so but it is yeah i think it makes sense he did so well in iowa but i, I we will see we'll see if he can maintain that over time who knows yeah it's it'll be interesting um it like we're at the beginning
0: we're just at the beginning um, and and if you look back at other races, other years, other presidential primaries, the beginning is very different from five or six months from now. Mm-hmm. Things could change extremely rapidly. So mm-hmm. we just have to keep our eye on it. Now, I got my Obama tattoo with the I o caucus, but
1: <laughs>
0: that, was, uh, that was just- On the uh, same
1: day? Yeah. That's awesome. I know. Weird. <laughs> this
0: is totally weird. i yay.
1: Oh, that's so funny.
0: Uh, it, it just became obvious to me that it was gonna, a major party ticket candidate was either going to be a woman or a black man, oh, and totally. I was like, "Love my country, fucking love it." Yeah. And so I was like, "Hope change, hope change." That was uh, a beautiful time to watch that campaign. Oh,
1: so good. And
0: for it to work. And then in 2008, to watch the election results come in, and we're all sitting down, like hunkering down, like it's going to be a long night. And then 10 minutes, they were like, "He's the president." We're yeah. like, "What?"
1: Yeah, it was just nice in 2008. I was 15 years old and I'm just thinking this now But if I had the election of trump happen when I was a kid versus the election of Obama I think that really would have fucked my head up and how I saw the world and the hopes that I had for everything I'm very thankful that I was able to live through that time at such a, you know Spongy period of my life. Yeah, it makes me think too about the kids that
0: you know were 15 14 15 16 in 2016 Yes my sister uh, is that kid. Who've been born into nothing but war their entire mm-hmm. lives, uh, have had the Internet their whole life. And now it's, you know, they're looking at this bleak. dictator.
1: Yeah, bleak landscape.
0: But I'm also so excited to see what that inspires uh, in this youngest generation. And that is that whole, that is that wave of, like that wave of hope that will wash over the country that Obama spoke of in 2016 um, when, you know, the, in, within the days following uh, Hillary's loss.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, look, chin up. Uh, the kids, mm-hmm. they're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And they will. 2020 has so many new young voters. Yeah, uh, For once, I'm enthusiastic that they will show up. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I would give most improved in the debates to Klobuchar. Yeah, she's killing it. I thought she seemed a lot more comfortable than she has in the past. Yes, she um, didn't have the shaky hair, the shaky bangs. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. <laughs> she she went after Buttigieg pretty hard. Like, I haven't seen her like, look, hey, I fuck you. I mean, she was like, mm, it was great. Uh, and and there's this picture going around the internet of Biden and Sanders and Steyer, like with their hands up, yelling. Yes. And Klobuchar's just standing there, hands behind her side, looking around, like, fuck. Yeah. Like, and uh, I think uh, Julie Lynn, who we've had, she's like, every woman in a meeting ever. Yes. <laughs> you know, And you're just like, mm. yes. I love that. Uh, it's just such a great representative photo of what it is like to be a woman in any position. Uh, surrounded in, like in a male dominant field. Yep, which are most fields. Yep, um, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steyer wasn't debating for New Hampshire; uh, he had his eye on South Carolina. That's why he really went after the Black and Latino votes, um, trying to set himself apart as the only candidate on the stage that wants reparations. Uh, but then he stole Cory Booker's line at the end, whole cloth. Just said, "Rise together." That's, Ooh, that's awkward. That's yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah! Yeah, that's very awkward. <laughs> like, just stole Booker's yeah slogan, Rise I mean, Together. That, as a comic, sometimes that stuff happens, you know? Like, you've got all these things floating around in your brain, maybe, and you just start riffing, and you're like, oh, oops, that was not something I've said before, that was what someone else said. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a punchline, or a campaign
0: slogan, <laughs> yeah. or a song title yeah. that you're thinking <laughs> of, or something to call line. your record, we Google that shit. Yes, If you Google Rise Together, you know, yeah. I don't know how I don't know hip styre is with the Google box, but <laughs> you'll come up with
1: Cory Booker. Uh, uh, so I thought that was just a weird, yeah. Gaff. imagine booker watching that like you fucking asshole <laughs> Just right like by your way into this like then then the whole time shit. being like we have to have the black people come together we have to i love the
0: black people blah 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 people of color and reparations i'm the only one for reparations rise together and yeah. then get you, you, whoa
1: bad 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 look Ooh, like i have goosebumps from the grossness yeah, that, of that. that is a bad look and that's pretty pretty stinky yeah i'd like to believe again it wasn't on purpose but i i, I I doubt it. Yeah.
0: It wasn't like on purpose. That like, would be pretty like, sinister. Like Melania's Michelle Obama speech. Yeah. That was
1: <laughs> <Deliberate>. on purpose. <laughs> Very deliberate. <laughs> like,
0: that was 900 words, not yeah. like three. <laughs> yes. Or two, <laughs> I should say. So that, yeah, hopefully it was just a premise situation. Yeah. It was just a great minds kind of a thing. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. Bad luck. Uh, we do have more news. Um, we have the, uh, what else is coming up? We have a lot. Ah yeah, Nunez. We've got some stuff on Nunez, Secret Service stuff, Kushner stuff, Palestine. It's all really interesting. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Uh, Recently, I wasn't sleeping well. I thought uh, it was the horrifying state of American politics keeping me awake at night, which was partially true, but then I realized my mattress was terrible Um, and, and the president. But if you have issues with your sleep, it could be your mattress, and don't wait until your back is sore and you're falling asleep at work. Instead, check out Helix Sleep. Helix has a sleep quiz that just takes two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, totally customized. So whether you're a side sleeper or a hot sleeper, or you like a soft or a firm bed. I like soft, and I'm a side sleeper, and I sleep hot. So I went, took the quiz, and with Helix, there's no more confusion, no more compromising on an average mattress. They were even awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Jordan, you have one. You love it. It is my favorite mattress I've ever had. Ever in your life. Yes, truly. I mean that. It's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. And like, I think what I have noticed about it is I don't wake up in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Like I sleep through the night better. And that's getting to sleep but staying asleep is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. So Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $125 off.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Jordan, what is your news for the day? Yes. Okay. Washington Post is reporting another way Trump's been profiting off of his own properties during his presidency. Apparently, the Secret Service is being charged up to six hundred fifty dollars a night for their stays at Trump properties when Trump's been hanging around them. Uh, for example, at Mar-a-Lago in two thousand seventeen, the Secret Service was charged six fifty for rooms dozens of times, and in 2018, 400 dollars is like three hundred ninety six and some change, dozens of times as well. Uh, and at Trump National Golf Club, Bedminster this number is huge. Secret service was charged $17,000 a month for a three bedroom <laughs> cottage to just have a post up there basically. All right. So uh, 650 a
0: night. Uh, that's government. Um I stayed at the Four Seasons, which is pretty much the best hotel you can stay at mm-hmm. ever in Maui. And that was $7.99 a night. Oh, my God. So, like, for a luxurious <laughs> tropical getaway stay. And And the omelet bar is way better at the Four Seasons. <laughs> um, it, it's just a shitty, chintzy, gaudy, hokey pile of shit hotel. The Trump one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just gross. Brass everywhere. Like, it's the fucking 80s. Like, stop. Like, ooh, <laughs> Yeah, that served its
1: purpose in Home Alone and nothing else, that that aesthetic. Which he was taken out of yes. in the Canadian version, which <laughs> I love. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, it's an insane amount of money. It's crazy. And apparently with this three-bedroom cottage situation, there were like many days where Trump wasn't even there, but they're still getting charged for it. You can get an Airbnb three-bedroom house for way less than
0: $17,000 a month.
1: Absolutely. And I think the thing that is most disturbing about this uh, on top of Potential violations of, you know, emoluments clause and stuff like that is that he's lying and his, like, Eric was quoted not long ago. His Eric. His Eric. (laughs) Gums, Gums McGee. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but he was just like quoted as saying you know defending his dad saying that they're not profiting off of any of this and and they continue to maintain that but it's like consistently information is coming out that shows the opposite. $17,000 for a three bedroom cottage? Mm-hmm. I can't think of anywhere
0: in the world that like a mortgage is that much.
1: Yeah it's absolutely insane and now records show that more than $471,000 of taxpayer dollars have gone to Trump's properties and WAPO is reporting this and they're saying that it's that's a conservative estimate. There's a lot of records that they haven't gotten they haven't seen yet so yeah we uh, don't even have the full service secret service
0: stuff because the treasury doesn't want to hand it over because remember mm-hmm. uh, steve mnuchin was like uh yeah we'll give we'll give it to you in uh 2021 mm-hmm. sound good
1: yeah and it's just again the immense hypocrisy in Republicans having this conservative ideology, right? Wanting to balance budgets and whatnot. Meanwhile... Prevent
0: waste, fraud, and abuse.
1: Yes, and this is happening constantly. It's just another thing to add to the list of their lies. But uh, So that's that story. Next up, in Jared Kushner sucks at peace. On Thursday... <laughs> Kushner sucks at peace. Kushner tried to... So this is... He cannot be Secretary of Vibes. Yeah, no, he cannot be. Um, but... Unfortunately and predictably, there's been an escalation of violence happening in, in Israel and in Gaza and ever since this shit peace plan was announced. And Kushner is trying to throw the blame on this uh, for what is basically his failed Middle East plan. He's trying to put the blame on a Palestinian president, Mahmoud Abbas, and it's uh, deeply uh, offensive and ironic considering he didn't even consult him at all. And there's been um, a lot of attacks on just... I mean there's been people who have died on both sides and it's it's very sad but Kushner saying that it's Abbas's fault for not giving the plan a chance direct quote he said he rejected the plan before he even saw it maybe because he wasn't included in the process Yeah, obviously he's not going to uh, be a fan of something he wasn't included in and doesn't help him or his people in any way uh, and, and, and it, like the timing like just
0: after this peace plan is introduced and then escalation of violence and that's the Palestinian president's fault
1: right he's saying that the Palestinian president called for attacks and retaliation and this is a direct quote he said i think that he was surprised with how good the plan was for the Palestinian people but he locked himself into a position before it came out and i don't know why he did that
0: interesting putin blamed hillary clinton for the uprising in russia in 2012 Mm. that's very parallel. That's very along the same lines of thinking uh, yeah. as Kushner.
1: Yeah. Right here. Yeah. I mean, they're always going to, when I say they, I mean, you know, super, super is- Israeli sympathizers and not Palestinian sympathizers. They're always going to think that the violence is started and maintained by the Palestinians. That's just what they maintain constantly, as is demonstrated in their plan that didn't try to integrate any of their ideas whatsoever or talk to them at all. Or Because they don't ask. respect them at all. Yeah. Like,
0: hey, we're we're thinking about doing this thing. We're not really asking you for permission or anything, but we're you know we really want to do this. What do you what do what do you thoughts? Yeah, you know, like not even not even
1: a uh like a a friendly hey, we're doing this. Yeah. just came out with it. Right, and the sad reality is that a lot of the drafts of the peace plans over time have gone that exact way. Impeached Trump and indicted Netanyahu. Right, we're like hey, we've got the idea of the
0: century right here.
1: Yeah. How about we get everything we want? (laughs) How does
0: that sound? (laughs) Everything that the Palestinians have rejected in the past 25 years, probably longer. Let's just do that without asking them.
1: Mm -hmm. Sound good?
0: Oh, and then when violence escalates, let's blame the
1: Palestinians. Right. Not our short-sighted attempt at pitiful diplomacy. Kushner Um, sucks at peace. Yeah, Kushner really does. And he just needs to get the fuck out of it. He knows nothing about that conflict whatsoever over time or any of the people who have worked to any of the actual two-state solution people who've worked on things. I, I imagine they didn't consult anyone that is actually of that mindset. No. Yeah. No, so, for sure not. So that's that's that story. And finally, Devin Nunes, who's back in the news, a.k.a. Devin Sounez. Uh he is threatening. <laughs> <Sounez>. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking sues everybody all the time. He's like the most litigious person. Uh, but he's threatening that criminal charges might be brought against the inspector general if he doesn't produce documents that House Intelligence Committee Republicans are requesting uh, by February 14th. Such hate on the day of love. So sad. Uh, are we talking about uh Michael, Department of Justice Atkinson? Michael Atkinson, mm-hmm. yeah, Intelligence Community IG. and uh, oh, He's the ICIG, that's right, Yes, not the DOJ IG. Yeah, yeah, ICIG. Um, the investigate, this is a direct quote from Nunes, the investigation is particularly focused on the guidelines that appeared on a whistleblower complaint submission form that was changed after the submission of the whistleblower complaint uh, to eliminate language, excluding hearsay information. So basically, <laughs> they're trying to. First of all, that didn't happen. Second of all, the policy came out like three years ago and it hasn't changed Yeah. Yeah, so they're now embarking on their own investigation into the handling of the whistleblower complaint because Republicans are saying it was handled in a fishy way and they're going to get down to the bottom of it. Ugh, that... <sighs> It's predictable, but still annoying. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, I was uh, waiting for them to start going after the
0: inspectors general. They're mm-hmm. um, yeah. not coming out with reports the way they wanted them to. Right. Um, I I swear they're still holding back that New York FBI field office report from the Department of Justice Inspector General. Mm
1: -hmm. Outside of them, like you said, you know, trying to hearken on these points that are already established and really moot points. um, Aside from that, it's also so dumb to try to to threaten investigations into a situation that was entirely unprecedented Like a whistleblower complaint that involves the president himself and the process for the whistleblower complaint, you know, entails a a string of command that provided a lot of like, you know, hard decisions. And and I I think... I just don't see where this investigation realistically is even going to go. And the Department of Justice
0: and, and Barr had it a week before it even made it uh, to the House. Then then the, they blocked the ICIG from handing it over in a timely fashion to Congress. Trump knew about it.
1: Investigate yourself! Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Right. Anyway. Yeah. And it's Devin Nunes, who's Soon fucking complete <laughs> Russian asset and is the absolute worst, so... He is implicated in all this. Yes, this very is- much so. This is just
0: so frustrating. Like it's got to be so frustrating to be Adam Schiff and not just be like, "All right, I'm just going to tell you all everything and, mm-hmm. and just do it." And and uh, I know that um, we talk about a story about Chris Murphy going to the to the GAO uh, mm-hmm. in. Um, I don't think we do that in this episode. Um, in uh, Melissa Rip? maybe we do. Finman's chain, federal appeals, uh, Virginia. Nope. Yeah. I think it's in, I think it's in the other show, but I think it's in Mueller. She wrote, but basically that, you know, you would, he went to the GAO and be like, I think they're misclassifying. I think they're overclassifying shit to keep shit from coming out to the public. And, and Chris Murphy, Senator Chris Murphy, who's on, I think foreign affairs. He was like, uh, he was like, look, um, we don't know how to get this stuff declassified. You're not declassifying it. Do we go to the court? He, he's like, maybe we need a third party. And I'm like, no, you are Congress. You are a check on the executive. You declassify the shit. Declassify it. Mm-hmm. Read it out into a, a session of of the Senate or your committee. And you declassify. I don't understand why they're not declassifying this shit. Yeah, It's, it's annoying to me
1: yeah yeah i don't know what they what ramifications they're afraid of exactly. well i remember um di like declassified some shit uh, mm-hmm. back in
0: the early russia investigation yes, days that's and-
1: what got her on our sexy justice calendar and
0: she's not in jail so mm-hmm. do it no she's not all right uh we've got more news to get to and then we've got our good news block at the end too there's some really good news so stick around we'll be right back Hey, everybody. This Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Laurel Springs. Parents always want to encourage their children to pursue their dreams and provide opportunities that give them the best chance to succeed. Sometimes that means optimizing their routine, making it more flexible, more dynamic, so they have more time to focus on the things they love. That's why there's Laurel Springs. Laurel Springs is an accredited online private school for students in kindergarten through 12th grade. Laurel Springs recognizes that each child is a unique individual with their own personal interests, special talents, and unique learning style. Their flexible learning program offers challenging and diverse elective courses and Laurel Springs is accredited by Western Association of Schools and Colleges and Advanced Ed, which means their transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Uh, I love the flexibility of Laurel Springs online program. It's designed for students who wish to grow and excel academically and personally while maintaining a flexible schedule. Their personalized approach is competency-based and asynchronous, meaning students have the opportunity to progress through material at a pace that honors their individual skills and knowledge. The approach also allows students to adapt their schedules to accommodate outside interests. And they also offer rolling enrollment, which allows students to begin work at any time of the year. I think Laurel Springs improves the academic experience of the modern student with this flexible approach to find the best way to prepare them for success. So register your child at laurelsprings.com dailybeans today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com dailybeans for your waived registration fee. Once again, laurelsprings.com dailybeans. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody, welcome back. So in what some are referring to as the Friday Night Massacre, Trump had Lieutenant Colonel Vindman and his brother walked out, escorted out of the White House, and he not only fired Gordon Sundland, but he dissolved the ambassadorship to the EU. He dissolved the position altogether. Not that he would have filled it with anyone worth a shit, but it's worth mentioning he thinks so little of the European Union that he's eliminated the position altogether. Wow. Um, I can understand the inclination to call this the Friday night massacre, but I disagree with the reference to Nixon's Saturday night massacre on its face, mm-hmm. because a Saturday night massacre wasn't Nixon firing political enemies or people who testified against him. This was a string. The Saturday night massacre was a string of resignations by Justice Department officials all the way up to Attorney General that resigned out of protest to Nixon's order to fire fire the special counsel that was investigating him. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were they were resigning out of uh, obligation to duty, and, and we're like, we can't stick around for this shit. But here we have Trump simply retaliating against those who have testified against him. Something Mark Esper, by the way, the Secretary of Defense, promised in a letter on Pentagon letterhead would not happen. <laughs> he said, absolutely, I will not let any retaliation or bad things come to Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. And some people would like to argue, hey. He's a president. He can get rid of, he can change, move around National Security Council, et cetera, et cetera. Fine. To escort them off the property and to include his brother for no discernible reason whatsoever. Yeah. not the, Again, you need a discernible reason to be the president, but y- your corrupt intent is showing. Right. Is what I'm saying here. Lindsey Graham is praising the move admitting it's retaliatory he says quote i think his reassignment was justified i don't think he could be effective at the nsc graham said this on face the nation on sunday he said "Uh, what i learned in the last two years cia agents justice department lawyers fbi agents have a political agenda and they acted on it as did colonel vindman my god he was not allowed to be asked questions about his connections to the alleged whistleblower graham added with uh, He was uh, being asked by Margaret Brennan, who pointed out that Vindman was asked and denied any such connections, by the way, under oath. But Graham also said people in Vindman's chain of command have been suspicious of him regarding his political point of view. Um, Donald Trump Jr. also tweeted he was happy his dad was going after his political enemies. That's just like so,
1: so scary. Yeah, it's it's not normal. Again, the scariest thing is how people are supporting him. Yeah, in that decision. Yep. And I think it's completely justified. Yeah, and I spoke to um, former U.S. attorney Renato
0: Mariotti on, on the latest Mueller she wrote, check it out, who said, this can't really be called witness tampering because the case is over, but it definitely acts as a deterrent to future whistleblowers, and that's chilling. Absolutely. Uh, the way Trump goes after patriots who are simply pointing out fraud, waste, and abuse could leave no one left to blow the whistle on fraudulent and even criminal acts within the executive branch. And right. that's that's the that's... This is by design. Make no mistake. This is by design. Just like ripping families apart at the border and and arresting people, leaving water is deterrence by death mm-hmm. and deterrence by family separation. Mm-hmm. The, the, the pain is the point.
1: Mm-hmm. Even Gordon Sunland, he was a pretty reluctant witness, you know, for a lot of that. He was... Well, he yeah, had to amend his testimony three times. Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was, um, I mean, clearly caught in the middle of trying to decide, do I want to... M- keep being on the president's side entirely or do i comply with congress and to what degree do i do that and i would not say that he was in any way someone that was clearly you know like only providing damaging information against the president which some of the other witnesses that was kind of more what their testimony bore but to think that sondland someone who i considered to be an ally of the president that he even ousted him for even essentially remotely cooperating with congress mm. is really scary
0: yeah and the republicans in the senate tried apparently according to i think it's the new york times or washington post uh, tried to get trump to not fire sundland mm-hmm. and uh, at first everyone was like oh that's nice you know yeah try to not fire a witness that you know in retaliatory fashion but really honestly sundland is a donor mm-hmm. to every single yeah, yeah. senator republican senator who went mm-hmm. to trump and said please don't fire sundland they're sense. all getting a shitload of money from sundland so makes sense.
1: i wonder what sundland's gonna do now or if he he just seems like he didn't care about any of that at i would all. sue for my
0: million dollars back yeah he personally.
1: Was, i feel like his old smug face just screamed i don't care about any of this or this job i just am here and reluctantly so so i'm curious to see what he does now if he like goes on a press tour or something yeah i've tried to make some money I, mean, I
0: hope he just ghosts the world i don't give a shit
1: about that guy. i don't give a shit either but i definitely could see a sunland book coming out <laughs> i know i know ghost writers warm up your pens <laughs> he's not writing a book he's gonna
0: have it written mm-hmm. for him That's um true. maybe he'll pay a million dollars for it who knows mm-hmm. and also a federal appeals court has dismissed the congressional democrats emoluments lawsuit against president trump The suit was filed by 213 members of Congress in 2017 and alleged the president violated the Emoluments Clause of the Constitution by accepting gifts from foreign governments without congressional approval. A lower court had allowed the suit to go forward last September. But this opinion by the panel of judges says that because the suit is being brought by 29 senators and 186 members of the House, the representatives involved do not constitute the majority of either body and therefore do not have the power to bring the lawsuit. Hmm. The court noted it wasn't ruling whether Trump violated the emoluments clause, just that the members lacked the ability to sue. Hmm. Um, A federal appeals court in Virginia recently heard arguments in a separate lawsuit. We've covered this for you. And that was where Maryland and D.C. sued Trump for violating the emoluments clause by accepting profits through foreign and domestic officials who stay at the Trump International Hotel in Washington, D.C. And in that case, a judge in Maryland allowed the lawsuit to go forward. A three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for Fourth Circuit threw the case out, but then they uh, applied to hear it on banc for the full appeals court. They reheard the case in December, but they have not issued a ruling. We will, of course, keep you posted on that.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, and with 99% of precincts reporting, Judge has won Iowa on the delegates. Bernie has won Iowa on the popular vote. Warren in third and Biden in fourth in both delegates and popular vote.
1: All right. Well, that's the most closure we're gonna get. Ninety-nine percent. Maybe that one percent. <laughs> I don't want to know
0: what the one percent thinks.
1: <laughs> I don't.
0: I only care about the ninety-nine percent. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that ninety-nine percent of the precincts
1: are reporting in that's Iowa, funny. and I won the popular vote from the ninety-nine percent. Is he still only within like point three percent of delegates? Something like that. It's it's really really tight. It's yeah. it's a
0: statistical tie, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and both Buttigieg and Sanders are claiming victory. Yeah, uh, I think. I think Sanders should have won by more. Uh, I'm surprised Buttigieg did this well. I'll mm-hmm. be honest. Uh, I thought Warren would have done better than Buttigieg, uh, but Warren had a more spread out electorate than than Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different factors you can you can you look mean, at like across like people of color and
1: well, she had delegates in each
0: in each county in each precinct. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Meaning yes. he sort of was. Uh, congealed into certain areas yes congealed okay um (laughs) concentrated that's what i was looking for he's congealed he's gelatin (laughs) he's ready to eat put it in a bunt pan (laughs) cherries inside delicious i do feel like people to judge eats only jello oh okay i could see that okay uh (laughs) i don't know i have no i have no response um it's always room for jello yeah jello's
1: great (laughs) It's yeah. a very white boy snag. Uh, <laughs> and I
0: think that, um, I think New Hampshire is going to be, I think Bernie will come in first, Warren will come in second.
1: Mm-hmm. Buttigieg will do really well. That would be great. I would love to see Bernie Warren top two or Warren Bernie. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I, I, I just,
0: I love the primaries and I'd love to, I can't wait to see who wins and I'll vote for that person. So. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. But yeah, this whole, all the strategy and, you know, thinking about it and who does what well in what states and why we have certain states first in the nation. And is that fair? And is the delegate process fair? It's just all, it's very interesting to talk about. And I just want everyone to know as we talk about it, um, at least, you know, from my point of view, I'm not saying anybody is any better than anyone else. I have my own personal views about it. Uh, But we definitely are going to cover the election, primary election season here, and and we're going to cover the different strategies and who does what well and who does what not well. And uh, But I just want you to know we are still 100% blue no matter who. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we have these discussions, please keep that in the back of your mind because yes. that's not
1: changing for, Absolutely really, uh, not. for us. So I'm being very disappointed in Twitter lately. I'm getting a lot of like, or I'm seeing a lot of tweets that are just brutally knocking down other candidates. It's one thing to promote your own candidate, right? That's mm-hmm. like democracy and that's totally chill or if andrew yang says
0: something like i don't think we should prosecute trump uh i think we should be unified and move forward i'm gonna bring that up fair thing to bring up totally uh that's an important distinction in a candidate that somebody needs to know
1: about yes but Um, but you might agree with that and then you'll be happy that you learned that right (laughs) i'm starting to see tweets and I, i should say continuing to see tweets of people tweeting out their support for a certain candidate maybe just like a general campaign statement or something and then people just saying boo no never never this person and it's like you're not even attacking a certain policy stance you're literally just contributing to hating on a certain candidate and a lot of those tweets are going to come from bots and trolls yeah i've been checking every
0: time i see that stuff yep me too use a bot sentinel Mm -hmm. which uh, helps me determine like oh this is just a bot who's Mm -hmm just here to be a dick about other people's
1: candidates like yeah. that's their full-time job yes exactly i guess yeah i think whenever anyone is thinking about throwing shade maybe try to be more intentional with your shade if you're actually talking about a certain policy position then send it out but if it's just a general hating on someone be more then constructive what's the point
0: be more constructive with your feedback
1: yes what is the point
0: try to compliment sandwich mode yeah uh but it, it also is important to note everyone please know the twitterverse is not electorate no it's it is so divisive and so far left and so far right Mm -hmm. um that that we're on it you know there's a lot of really great people on it and Mm -hmm. we're we're just sitting there trying to maintain our sanity just just make sure to know like carry this forward the twitterverse is not the electorate Mm -hmm. just like the stock market isn't the economy pretty much the same sort of deal so Mm -hmm. um but you know that's where we are and that's where we that's where we get follows and and post funny things. I posted a baby laughing today, and it's my favorite thing. Uh, go to go to <laughs> @muller. She wrote on Twitter, and I have a tweet that says, "This is what pure joy looks like. It is the best baby laugh you'll ever witness." And then also I posted an owl running because mm-hmm. apparently when owls run, they lift up their dress like their feathers, so they Amazing. have really long legs, and they're running with like <laughs> long legs. And then when they stop, their dress goes back. back I again. had no idea. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's the content I'm I'm on Twitter for. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll be right back with the good news and some Schadenfreude too. Stick around. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and I want to thank you so much for listening to Muller She Wrote and The Daily Beans and being here with us these last few years. You've been so supportive. I can't tell you how much it's meant to me. It's really actually made it quite a difference in my life. And I want to share a hilarious new podcast I'm part of called Awful Neutral. Uh, it's not a job. It's my free time, and I love it. We got eight comics together to play D&D. And uh, sometimes we work in other adventures. Like for Halloween, we did Call of Cthulhu. We did a campaign for that. And just recently, we started playing Kids on Bikes, which is a renegade uh, role-playing game based on Stranger Things. It's really awesome. Uh, Awful Neutral is a mix of creative storytelling, dynamic role-playing, comedic improv Um, we roll the dice you'll be immersed in cooperative narrative experiencing using voice acting sound effects and music we have outrageous characters thrilling subplots terrifying monsters supernatural dance battles and lots of shopping i always lose the dance battles by the way Uh, please check it out wherever you get your podcast be sure to subscribe and give us a review that's awful neutral podcast or at awful dnd on social media i think you'll love it thanks All right, here's some good news. Trump's Department of Justice has quietly dropped its antitrust probe of California's agreement with four major automakers for clean emission standards. Uh, If you all remember, Trump tried to drop auto emission standards because Obama did it. Uh, and we said, good luck getting that past California. We're the world's fifth largest economy. We make the rules on auto emissions. We have more cars than, you know, your one supporter in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. So California went around the Trump administration and struck a deal with four major automakers to maintain and improve auto emission standards. Then, yeah. of course, Trump sued. Um, <laughs> Well, they've dropped their antitrust suit. And Governor Gavin Newsom says these trumped up charges haha, were always a sham, a blatant attempt by the Trump administration to prevent more automakers from joining California and agreeing to stronger emissions standards. Uh, This is a big loss for the president and his weaponization of federal agencies. And it's a victory for anyone who cares about the rule of law and clean air.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Uh, The California state attorney general. Uh, says the Justice Department should spend its time and resources focusing on real anti-competitive behavior rather than going after automakers willing to combat pollution. Mm-hmm. Maybe next they'll do light bulbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my... I didn't, he didn't say that.
1: I said right, right, right. I love Gavin Newsom. I know. Him, He's and a Newsom. very, very, very good dude. And Javier, I think, is our AG. It's really cool. couple, yeah. of, couple of peeps. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is cool. An incredible feat of remote engineering, NASA has fixed communications with Voyager 2 which is now 11.5 billion miles from Earth. Holy shit. It's back online. It's resuming its mission to collect data on the solar system and beyond. Quote, mission operators report that Voyager 2 continues to be stable and that the communications between the Earth and the spacecraft are good. Wow. It takes 17 hours to get a message to Voyager 2 and 17 hours to hear back. (laughs) Uh, Voyager 2 ran into trouble January 28th um, when uh, NASA revealed they had lost contact. It went dark. Right before it was scheduled to do a a 360 degree rotation that calibrates its onboard instruments. Uh, The likely issue was the spacecraft was using too much power to complete the maneuver, which triggered protection software that shut down the whole thing. Interesting. uh, When there's a power overload, it's like a surge protector in space. Uh, But it's back up, it's running they, they uh, reestablish contacts and now it, continue it can continue its mission as the furthest away man-made object
1: in space. Holy shit. Can you imagine if a human was in that? <laughs> that would be so terrifying. <laughs> 11.5 billion. Oh,
0: my God. Here am I floating in a tin pan. <laughs> Dude, that would be terrifying. Oh, my God. So
1: terrifying. But that's fucking
0: awesome. Yeah. So we got it back. Voyager 2. What up? Very cool. Uh, and Cal Thomas wrote a perspective piece for the Washington Post this weekend calling for the end of the national prayer breakfast. He says, for the first time in 68 years, the national prayer breakfast was no longer a respite for Democrats and Republicans to pray together for each other and for the nation. Instead, Trump showed up late, one of his power moves, uh, which just <laughs> makes him a dick, uh, and immediately held. Who does that? Like, I'm going to do something, uh, I'm going to show up late to show everyone I'm in charge. Like, yeah. I, I'm the most important person in the room and just could show up late. It's very Jesus like yeah. thing to do disrespectful of everyone's fucking time (laughs) pile of shit uh and so he showed up late immediately held up two newspapers with the headline acquitted uh trump only shook hands with the republicans on the tables uh, at the tables on the stage criticized pelosi for saying she prays for him and said that those who don't support him are not genuine christians (laughs) cal thomas closes with the quote (laughs) <laughs> Trump clearly missed a grand opportunity. It would have cost him nothing to shake Pelosi's hand. Perhaps it is time to suspend this annual event or to hold it without this president attending if he can't accept the nonpartisan theme that has been its tradition for nearly seven decades. Uh, in, ca- in case you didn't know, Cal Thomas has hosted the prayer Breakfasts media dinner for the past 30 years. Hmm.
1: So he is actually an authority yeah, on the prayer breakfast. Now, I don't mean to be a hater, but I did hear something. Do you know the documentary The Family? Yes, I heard that that group was largely behind the establishment of that event. Yep, and that's one of our corrections in this week's Mueller show. Oh, perfect! Because we were talking about Eisenhower, right? We thought yeah. Eisenhower established it. Yeah. Well, one of the articles I read said maybe mm-hmm. it's just during his time.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I think that might be what it is. But yeah, I think the family is a lot behind that mm-hmm. uh, thing. But. But here's a guy who's been like, I've been going to this forever, 30 years. It's always been, everyone's been cordial, prayed for each other, prayed for the nation, had a religious moment, and then everybody went the fuck home. And, and here he is, late, acquitted, you suck. If you're not a real Christian if you don't love my asshole. And <laughs> and then like, and he, and so this guy's like, he should just probably not come anymore. We mm-hmm. should just shut the whole thing down. This mm-hmm. is not uh, Christ-like. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Uh, All right, time for La Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude.
1: All
0: right, we didn't report on this when it came out, but I want to report on it now because this past December, the Military Times put out data showing that half of active duty service members are unhappy with Trump. And his approval has been on a steady decline since his election in 2016 among active duty service members. Back then, 2016, 46% liked him and 37% did not. In the latest polling, 42% like him and 50% have an unfavorable view. He is now less popular with the military than with the American public. Wow. Of note, uh, 1,630 active duty service members were polled for this, but the numbers likely reflect a more career-minded subset of the military Mm. than the force as a whole. Okay. However, the poll was conducted using the same parameters with the same groups
1: both times. So it is apples to apples, and he's losing popularity with military members. So when you say more career-minded subset, not folks that maybe are in for under like five years, these are people who have been there for a very long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, he also still does not have a Grammy, uh, or a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm just going to bring that up every schadenfreude, I think. We'll just do that. I'm a fan. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Not for me today. No. Uh, coming up on the calendar this week, we've got, um, State Department documents are due in a FOIA case. Monday as a deadline for that in the Ukraine scandal. We'll see how that goes. Um, and so, um... That's really it. I don't have any uh, final thoughts other than I really, really uh, love all you guys. Mm -hmm. Same. Word. Cool. Nice. Sick. (laughs) 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 All right, everybody take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health and take care of yourselves. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazelle and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.